and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And across the table from me, attempting to reassemble the, the DCEU, it's Daniel Feingold. A tall task, and I am not willing to accept it. But thank you for having me. Yes, uh, Daniel, so we're here to talk about two movies. Um, the biggest one that uh, you very clearly wanted to talk about, the the kind of big movie of the weekend, the big movie, I feel like, the big blockbuster of October is Black Adam, which uh, stars someone very near and dear to your heart, which is Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, Um you know, someone I've talked about a lot on on this show is maybe, you know, just may, maybe not maybe giving some constructive criticism of just not feeling like the the Rock is is fully living up to his potential as a movie star. But um, it makes all the more fascinating for for you to be on this episode because of that. And you know, I think we could both agree that undeniably he is one of the the biggest movie stars at the moment of just one of the very few people who I, I think it also kind of like pairs with what projects he picks. But, um, you know, someone who if, if, if his name is on the, the title card, like people will go and see it like he has a pretty consistent track record of hits. And now it feeling a little bit weird that he is moving into arguably like the biggest subgenre at the movies, which is the superhero blockbuster. It feels a little bit weird that someone as massively large and muscular as him has never been in a superhero movie before, but now we have it in black Adam, which is based off of a character from DC comics that uh, I was personally not that familiar with. Did, did you have any familiarity with this character at all? outside of The Rock wanting to do this project, no. And just the fact that it is taken this long for him to be in a superhero movie, or I guess in this case, an anti-hero movie, he actually shared on Instagram the other day the like press release from when he was first tied to star in this movie from 2007. He looked very different. Is that been, how long ago it's it was? It's been 15 years. Okay. that he. So when they say it's been 15 years that this project has been in development – in some ways, that is true. Yeah. So, I, 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 like I said, I have no real attachment to this character, um, which I believe is kind of like adjacent to Shazam, which already got his own movie back in 2019, and there's a sequel on the way next year. Um, this, I, I'll, I'll give kind of like a, a, a summary of the movie before we kind of jump in. Uh, set in. Contact this kind of fictional Middle Eastern country within the DC Comics universe. Uh, in an extended kind of prologue, we we find out that Dwayne Johnson's character Teth Adam, uh, who is a a slave at the beginning of the movie, is granted godlike powers, which he uses to get revenge on the tyrannical king of this kingdom. Five thousand years later, he's awoken. The country is under occupation from variety of different militant groups and adam begins to unleash his own brand of kind of vigilante revenge justice and 
is soon challenged by the superhero team, the Justice Society. Fun fact, the very first uh, superhero team in comics. I learned that the other day. Uh, But basically this team that makes up Hawkman, played by um, Aldous Hodge, uh, Dr. Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan, Adam Smasher, played by Noah Centineo, and Cyclone, played by Quintessa Swindle. Um, It's obviously like a huge movie for not just Dwayne Johnson, I think moving into kind of this this new subgenre, but is a big blockbuster movie kind of like the last big blockbuster movie for warner brothers and kind of a key movie for them and sort of like you know from a kind of boring business standpoint kind of rewriting the ship in terms of like what they're doing with all of these dc characters that they have um control over essentially um but i first want to you know pose this as a question to you about the the star of the movie because I, I think as I'm hinting at, this is a movie you had a lot more fun at than I did. So I first just want to ask you, like, what what is it about Dwayne Johnson? Like, what is it about Dwayne Johnson that makes him such a big star? What is it about Dwayne Johnson that you love so much and find so captivating? You, you are a wrestling fan. I am not a wrestling fan. So I'm sort of c- counting on you to bring the kind of contextual knowledge and, and help. Help help me as someone who is always a little bit sort of like befuddled by him as as a, maybe not befuddled like I I get it but of just sort of like I don't get it at the same time. Sure, yeah, he has a charisma and charm that few people in existence ever right have had. Um, a thousand percent agree. Yeah, and I, I grew up a, a pro wrestling fan watching WWE, and um, shout out to my mom as well, who uh, may arguably now be a bigger fan than him, just like as a human being than even I am. Uh-huh. Um, bless her heart. Uh, so, yeah, I, I grew up watching him and seeing crowds eat out of the palm of his hand with a microphone in his hand. Um, and there was just something so intoxicating and something that like would just he, he knew he knows how to work an audience mm-hmm. he knows he, he you know his his uh persona in wrestling he's the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment mm-hmm. and i think that can kind of be said about this persona that he's created in real life that i think is very much just himself dialed up to 11 mm-hmm. um and so that from a pro wrestling and entertainer standpoint has very much bled into Hollywood. And when he was in WWE for the relatively short time, even when he was a bad guy, fans turned him good Mm -hmm. because there was just always something fun about him that they wanted to cheer for. So also I think part of it is, and part of why we know about that charisma and kind of his likability outside of the world of wrestling is because he's also, and his team, maybe the most savvy uh, social media celebrity. Um, in uh, terms that's of, fair, yeah. You, you see him buying stuff for his mom, buying his mom houses, talking about how much he loves his mom. And he has this great working relationship with his ex-wife. And he seems like a great family man. And he has two young daughters right now. And he's still, so while he's doing all of this work, he still is at home and doing all these very relatable things and sharing them. And that's that besides, besides my mom's kind of attraction to him as a, as, as a, as a very muscular man (laughs) and enjoying 
kind of, I guess, living through my memories as as a wrestling fan growing mm. up, she appreciates that as well. Like, oh, he's a great family man. He seems like a really good guy. And she would absolutely melt as I would or many people if they met him. Um, so in terms of that star power in Hollywood, I think it was kind of a no-brainer for him to become the next Arnold, the next Sly Stallone, the next big action movie star Mm -hmm. and for the most part he has not strayed away from that he's done other smaller projects here and there which rely a little bit more on acting they come and go they're not they're not the movies that you're going to think about you we're going to think about jumanji we're going to think about maybe Mm -hmm. the, the 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 mummy movie where he first made his debut as that terrible cgi scorpion king that's right um that was that was the first one um but yeah, for the most part, he is going. He's going to be the the Fast Five Jumanji guy that is just gonna gonna bring the action and a lot of sarcasm, a la you know Red Notice with your favorite Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Like that, that is who he is. I don't see him necessarily at this point breaking away from that. No, it's, his it's his very persona well is 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 very well defined at at this point um i think maybe like my sort of confliction with him and i think i brought this up like when we talked about red notice on the show last year is like and and it's interesting you bringing up like stallone and schwarzenegger um i mean stallone may be a little bit similar in the sense of like i don't know stallone's weird because like stallone also did a lot of the franchise stuff but like stallone is kind of you could put on like a board of bunks people who like kind of established that trend in Hollywood. I mean, he pretty much like made the Rocky franchise his bread and butter for years and years. Um, I think the Schwarzenegger comparison is in- is interesting because I would say that they have Dwayne Johnson. I think is a better actor than the than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like has has more range as a movie star on screen. But I don't think has picked as interesting projects as Arnold Schwarzenegger did in kind of like the peak of his era. I've always just sort of wanted like Dwayne Johnson to like find his like James Cameron or his Paul Verhoeven or like someone to kind of like take him and his persona and do something like really interesting and like redefine it in a way. Not even like redefine it, but just sort of like put it in something that's like way cooler and way more kind of like exciting than like Jumanji six. Um, if that we, makes any sense. I mean, how, how quickly would the money be flowing out of people's pockets? If the rock does, you know, predator or his, his, his Rambo. It's right. Like, exactly. I, I, I very much need that. And to, to borrow a, a, a random YouTube comment at some, in some trailer for some movie that the rock was in, I'm a simple man. I see the rock. I buy a ticket. Like I think, and I think that speaks for a lot of people where it's like, you know, you're going to get a certain level of, of absurd action and entertainment from any Mm -hmm. movie that he's in. Um, But yeah, to your point, like I hope I am hopeful there will come a time and, and project that he takes on where it is some well-established actor, uh, director where he can do have something a little bit more to do right than a kind like, of action where where is his like terminator you know what i mean or like where's his total recall or something like that um you know like 
I, as I said, I sort of like, I think he is like a way more, he's, he's got a greater rack of tools in in his, his arsenal than like a Schwarzenegger does, but Schwarzenegger was able to find, I think some much more interesting projects than kind of what Dwayne Johnson has done thus far. And I don't know, maybe the problem of that is like the industry and of like, are we taking chances on on like who who are the like James Camerons and the Paul Verhoevens to like do something with Dwayne Johnson? Like, you know, is the industry even giving those people opportunities? Does or, does, he, does he want to do right? Like, or is the flip thing of like he the, he that's just not in his taste and like the projects he picks are just sort of like what the kinds of stuff he wants to be in? Maybe he doesn't want to to be in something a little bit more more edgy. In a in a time where we are completely divided, he's like the most well received, kind of widely beloved figure in Hollywood, um, and possibly outside of Hollywood, just in general. Um, and so, to take on a role that may not be as beloved by everyone in the world or mm. that has an opportunity to be beloved or just enjoyed by everyone in the world save for like some that just kind of tanked in, in all respects like Baywatch mm. um maybe he just wants to kind of stay in that lane and not like he is the the highest paid actor living like yeah or or wants to work with um you know I, I think what I was getting at is maybe less like super provocative role or something like I don't even know if that's what I want out of Dwayne Johnson but maybe like he's want wants to wants to have like a, an equal amount of creative input and wants to work with filmmakers who are are kind of it's going to be more of a, a like partnership relationship of sort of like kind of what Tom Cruise has with like a Christopher McQuarrie or something like that of like I, I have as much influence on this as opposed to kind of like you know you could argue even though Schwarzenegger is probably at like the height of his fame and like Terminator 2 is kind of like giving himself up to to James Cameron in a way to like I am being sort of used as sort of like a, a, a color in someone's sort of uh paint canvas for for their larger movie to be fair I, I feel like Black Adam may be what he thinks that is for him like this is the same yeah. director he worked with on Jungle Cruise, which yeah. came out last year. And Drum Colette Sarah, who yeah. um I, I has like his own kind of like cult following of people like genre filmmaker who did um let's see, uh did like Orphan, um, The Shallows, did a couple like Liam Neeson movies like The Commuter and Nonstop. But yeah, worked with Johnson last year on the Jungle Cruise movie, which um didn't enjoy. Didn't enjoy. See, I I see The Rock. I see Emily Blunt. I have a great time. That's my biggest problem with that movie is those two people. They're like the moment <laughs> with those pe- two people have zero chemistry <laughs> with each other. I, the I just press have to tour put was it. delightful. They seemed like they really the liked press each other. tour was delightful. I I did not buy those those two people as as a couple on screen. Um, but let, let's 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 talk about Black Adam. Um, where. Where shall we begin? I, I think while we're talking about The Rock, maybe one of the problems I have with the movie is like, he's not that charismatic in this movie. This this is it, it interesting, like talking about, um, you know, Schwarzenegger and like Terminator 2. This, this feels like a kind of um, like early 90s sort of Schwarzenegger vehicle in, 
in some sense. Um, and this is definitely like the most kind of like stoic and like brooding that I've seen Johnson in quite some time. And maybe like I understanding that that is part of the character and that this is meant to be a, a darker, more anti-hero character who he doesn't play by the rules and he'll kill people. And, um, but I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny us just talking about like how delightful his personality is and how he has this ability to kind of like, you know, he can charm anyone in the room, but yet this is a movie where it kind of feels like he's holding that back a little bit to, to do something that's, that's a little bit more tortured and dark. It seems. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Your plot summary is like is accurate. Uh-huh. I will say most of it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Like this this movie is basically just The Rock bad. Justice Society trying to rein him in while he just throws nameless henchmen to their death. Mm-hmm. That's basically all it is for most of the movie, and I found it relatively enjoyable, all things considered. I think that where we where we are divided mostly is like I was refreshed by not having too much of a backstory like there the backstory is definitely there and the the prologue is definitely way too weighted down and takes too long until we get to the rock flinging around bad dudes and then we arguably keep like returning to it because there's like we we keep returning to the backstory it's not like it's it's like a 10 minute sequence that then like we can kind of leave back to the movie like it keeps coming back over and over again but i think ultimately it doesn't matter and they know it doesn't really matter so they they depart from it for large portions of the movie mm-hmm. and so for for me not having the rock go through the process of like really trying to like sit in the like what does it mean to be a hero versus anti-hero like that's that's ostensibly what the what the thought of the movie is like mm-hmm. that's what is the difference between good and bad and like the what is he supposed to do with these godlike powers that are bestowed upon him mm-hmm. but ultimately it doesn't really matter and it's just him tossing around people and just being like it is a real life superhero like the rock what if what if the rock had like superman powers but wasn't sure what to do with them. That is really what it is. And for what it's worth, I thought they leaned into it the correct amount. Mm-hmm. And I know you, we had talked about like, you don't love the idea of just someone with unlimited powers with like, there's nothing, they're just indestructible and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's the rock. So like, if he's going to be a superhero, let him be Superman basically just with a darker edge to him mm-hmm. and just uh, an evil side. And so I appreciated his banter with with Hawkman, who uh, I thought Aldous Hodge was really good in the role. I thought Pierce Brosnan was really good in the role. Could have had more P- to do. Pierce Brosnan, probably the person who seems like they're having the most fun in the movie, I will say. And he deserves it. But this also this movie, I, I believe if Black Adam was supposed to be introduced in the first Shazam movie and it just didn't work out. I, I've been so confused by the whole timeline of how there's there's probably some internet historian or like super like hardcore dc scholar who can who can correctly put all the like tic tacs in order um they're inextricably linked like they they yeah yeah characters yeah and i even mean of like this first sort of getting announced with dwayne johnson as i kind of like understand through like 
when I first became aware of his casting in this and, um, you know, how he's talked about it on sort of like the press rollout for this movie is kind of like, it seemed like this was sort of a fan casting thing of like him kind of like asking people online or, or just sort of like noticing that this was a character that people wanted him to play and then being like, well, I'm going to try and shepherd and get this as uh, a movie. And I, I did remember like when Shazam was announced, it was kind of like announced. I feel like it was announced with like him attached. And so I was like, all right, he's playing that character, which I wasn't that familiar with. And then was hearing from friends who are much more into like DC comics than I am saying like, no, he's actually playing this other character. And then that movie came out and he wasn't in it. And then, being like, okay, I guess he's getting his own. So I'm a little like mixed up on what the timeline. It seems like there's been varying variations over like the last several years about him definitely wanting to play this character, but where he sort of fits in into the, like the scrambled, ever changing plan that the the folks at Warner Brothers have for like trying to do stuff with the DC characters. Um, it it seems to be something constantly in flux until like it eventually landed on, yeah, we'll get his his own movie, essentially. It, he probably, the character probably should have been introduced in the Shazam movie, and that could have, mm. would have had, like, a runway for them to then branch off into an, and same I, with just, same with just yeah. society. Right? I'd, I'd, I'd argue that's kind of one of the, one of my problems with this movie, is I think as, as the centerpiece for your, for your superhero blockbuster, Black Adam's not that interesting, and and we hit, at least not that interesting to me. And you touched on it a little bit earlier. Like, I one of the like least interesting things in just sort of like this modern day era of blockbusters is like being with unlimited power who can just sort of do anything. Um, even Superman, like Superman, has kryptonite. Well, Black um, Adam has a version of kryptonite. What? <laughs> it's the thing that, like, I don't know the name of it because, again, none of it actually yeah. matters. And someone who, like, pays attention to the comic books or knows the character uh -huh. will know the name. But it's, like, the thing that actually scars him. Oh, I, I guess. But even, like, uh, like this was a problem I had with, like, uh, Captain Marvel when that when that movie came out. Being like, all right, it just sort of seems like it. the arc of this movie is her just l learning, like, wow, I really do have all the power and I can do whatever. Awesome. <laughs> I've always had it all along. Um, and and as, you know, I, on a positive note, I will say, like, this movie does at least, like, look better than something like Thor Love and Thunder that came out this year. Like, um, Yom Colette Sarah, talented genre filmmaker, I think gets some very kind of, like, visually exciting kind of superhero set pieces um, or at least knows how to kind of give them like a visual panache in this movie that I feel like we've been sort of has been sort of absent in like the Marvel movies of late. Um, but I just there's something I, I just sort of found Black Adam as a character kind of like not that interesting as someone to put in the center of your movie. And weirdly, like, OK, if I'm thinking back of like what I can kind of remember about the the Shazam movie, like if black adam was introduced in the first shazam or in like shazam 2 that's coming out and is like oh here's this other person with similar powers but he's he's a little naughtier and plays doesn't play by the rules and it becomes like them having to sort of face off against him in a similar dynamic um 
uh, to like what he has with the justice society in this movie. But you know, we're, we're introducing him through a character that's maybe like already established and we have an audience relationship to that. I feel like would be a better way to, to sort of tackle him and, and to directly put him in sort of opposition to uh, another character with like a, a different code of ethics as opposed to when they try and do it in this movie, like we have no real relationship to Black Adam. Black Adam's, I, as as I keep kind of saying, I, like I, I don't think is an interesting enough character to kind of like hold the weight of this entire movie. And even the Justice Society members, like I, everyone in the cast is kind of like fine. I think Pierce Brosnan probably the person that like I enjoyed the most. It kind of reinstates, I think, an unfortunate problem with some of this DC stuff, which is just like they can't they can't bring in characters as kind of like gracefully as Marvel can because Marvel has like a decade and like a full decade ahead of them of like Marvel can bring in various different characters for to sort of team up against. I don't know, Doctor Strange or something. I'm just sort of like throwing stuff off the top of my head. Um, or, or something like Civil War. Like you can bring in all these different characters for like um, this this kind of clash of personalities or clash of ethics. And we have relationships with all those people and it makes it easier to kind of like, you know, feel the conflict there and to maybe like have a lot, you know, have preferences or alliances between the who you're rooting for versus another person and here it's like you know there's this hasty kind of montage that's like all right we're getting the justice society together and then we're gonna go take down black adam and there's just sort of this feeling i had of like this does this doesn't feel as exciting or it's missing something of just sort of like i have no real relationship to any of these characters like Hawkman was maybe the one person like I kind of remembered from like Superman and Batman stuff as a kid, but I think it becomes like another weird crutch of this movie of like introducing a whole bunch of new characters to this, this fictional universe and it maybe not quite having, I, I could tell watching it that it was supposed to have this like big, raucous cheerful moment of like you know when captain america comes in in a marvel movie and the audience just cheers or and and is ecstatic because it's this character that they have this relationship to but no one has a relationship to these characters so it just sort of felt like these moments that were kind of yearning for that kind of reaction but i think unless you are sort of like steeped in all of the comic lore like Adam Smasher doesn't mean anything to you, if that makes sense. I guess it also depends where these characters rank in terms of just like their importance in the comic books or their development. I, I like, feel it, like it, these it, are all like B list DC heroes. Well, like at, it is at best. if you if you throw in like Ant Man and right, d- does he get a does he get a huge round of applause when he shows up? I'm not, I'm not like excusing because I think oh, what you're saying I, exactly. I, correct. I, I think like, it, I think the comparison would be like if Ant-Man just showed up in a movie, but there was like no Ant-Man movie prior, you know, but like pe- people get excited because Ant-Man shows up in an Avengers movie because they already have this pre-established relationship with Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, as opposed to, Oh, Hey, Oh, it's who's that again? Oh, Ant-Man. Okay, cool. But then would you want 
a movie for each individual Justice Society person before we get to this point where they're all together. Like, does that... I don't know that I need that. <laughs> I'm just sort of saying that's that's kind of... It just sort of struck me kind of watching this of just sort of like, oh, this continues to be like a little bit of a, a just sort of like objective handicap, in my opinion, to yeah. just sort of like, you know, I, and this isn't me. I know there's like the people who put this stuff into like a dumb binary of like, marvel versus dc and there's like conspiracies to like one needs to overtake the other or something like i'm not i'm not getting into that stuff i'm just saying like it just sort of with the the introduction to all the justice society characters just sort of like made me think in the theater like oh yeah i i guess this is something like i don't think of with the marvel movies of just sort of like they do kind of have this advantage of they have they've been doing this so much longer that like they can bring in tons of different characters for a mission and there's there's just a little bit more excitement in in the theater than necessarily like here's a bunch of new random characters and you'd be just being like oh okay i think that's kind of what i was getting yeah and there's a there's a reason warner discovery is like looking for kind of their mcu 10 year plan right. um and uh, d- just to everything you're saying is is accurate Mm -hmm. what i am saying is that like i had a good time Mm -hmm. and that i thought it was good enough Mm -hmm. but it's an extremely low bar one i'm gonna probably enjoy anything that involves the rock just like tossing dudes around and Mm -hmm. saying one-liners um but also i think the problems with the dc extended universe are what elevate this movie to like it being decent or like good enough mm-hmm. because with Marvel to, to compare the two with Marvel, there is kind of like a baseline competence. Like even when something isn't really that good, it's still like, it's still competently made and you don't really walk it's, away being it's like, still Oh, it's watchable. Not. There's yeah, very few like, oh, Marvel is... movies that are like, that was awful. Right. DC, the DCEU, at least you can't say that they're, mm-hmm. they're just movies that are just really bad. So with a certain set of expectations, with kind of knowing your audience, I thought this does a better job than expected, maybe, um, and deserves credit for not being just a, a disaster. I thought it was enjoy and entertaining enough. I thought, like you said, it, it, I thought it looked exceptional. And again, that may be part. That's only notable because of how many CGI issues there have been in this latest phase of the MCU, right? Particularly the shows, but the movies as well. So they spe- DC spent a lot of money. I, yeah, on this I mean, I've thought good. about constantly, you know, and to, to to like as I said, sort of give this movie one one bit of praise. Like, was thinking constantly, like this at least like looks good. Of like you and I, I I think you and I saw the the Thor movie together, and the entire time I was just like, why? Why does this look terrible? This movie costs like two hundred million dollars. Why does why does it not look like people are in like the same shot as each other and stuff like that? Yeah, it, it's probably same. Same with uh, Doctor Strange. Like there, mm-hmm. there were parts where they probably weren't in the shot. Where it together. looks like they like we reshot this yesterday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So to its credit, I think I think if you it, the movie is. I would say exactly as you expect. So if you go in and you're like, I want to see The Rock in really good-looking action set pieces and having a good time with these other characters that are certainly underdeveloped Mm -hmm. but are kind of up to the task, it does a good job. 
Mm. I I like the action. I like the comedy enough. Some of it doesn't work. Some of it just kind of like lame comedy. Other like there's the running bit with him trying to figure out like a good one liner before he kills dudes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Um, and I just I really like the rapport between him and particularly Hawkman. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's just a matter of what your expectations are. Like, I I don't see people who are excited about this movie going in like being left disappointed like if you if you are a fan of the rock if you are a fan of black adam you're probably getting exactly what you went for maybe not maybe there will be comic book fans who are like oh that was really a disappointment i don't know does anyone have like that much of an allegiance to the characters that are popular it's not it's not the same as like batman or superman like this is this is the rock doing a lot of the rock shtick granted like it is a bit of a more brutish character mm-hmm. um but he's still having a lot of fun and still doing a lot of a lot of like literal heavy lifting with different objects and it looks good like when he's when he's like catching catching a rocket with his bare hand like it actually kind of looks like that and that was impressive and again like maybe maybe a movie maybe a movie that's you know however much it, i think it was made for like 190 million dollars Maybe a movie like that shouldn't get credit for looking good, but given the circumstances of the current climate of movies, for whatever reason, with Marvel, I guess, perhaps in part because they rush out their content so quickly, and there's been so many memes about how awful stuff looks, it be- it benefits from the mediocrity of this phase of Marvel and the consistent mess that is the DCEU. Does it fix the DC? Is I had someone, someone, a coworker, asked like. Is this like kind of like a, a course correction for the DC? I'm like, no, but it's like it's, I, I, I wouldn't I think even it's a, know how to answer that. <laughs> I, th- I think it's like a step up in that it's it's competent enough to stand on its own, and I think send people home happy. I'm very curious to see like what the cinema score is when this comes out. We're mm-hmm. recording this a few days before it actually releases. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. Like the 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 critic reviews have been very mixed, leaning more negative. Um, but ultimately we'll see how much money it makes in theaters and I'm I'm sure it'll make a lot if only because like it's one of what like three major blockbusters left for the rest of the year I would say it's tracking for in the 60s which is not spectacular but it it, it'll probably make back what it you know what it costs to make yeah I, I, I think three kind of like last sort of like random strands that I just I just would was thinking about while watching this movie. One is that it feels like two very different scripts for like a Black Adam movie that were kind of like weirdly meshed together. There's kind of this like Terminator 2 style of the movie that I actually kind of wish was just the whole movie that is like him and this kid who is like the son of the woman that kind of like awakens him from his tomb and they have this sort of similar-ish dynamic between like you I could see a movie where they have like a similar dynamic to like um John Carter and the Terminator in term in T2, um, where like, you know, here's this instrument of death and this like kind of spunky Bart Simpson teenager who's like teaching him catchphrases and how like to maybe be like a 
slightly better person <laughs> or maybe not be like a total maniac of, of death and, and carnage. Um, and then there's all the stuff with the justice society that just sort of feels like that's a total, total different movie. And that's those two kind of getting weirdly collided together. Like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily spoil the, the ending to the movie, but there is like one part in the movie where I thought it was like wrapping up, but on a cliffhanger. And then all of a sudden it's like, Nope, we have another fifth act coming or something like that. Um, did, are you kind of aware of the the spot I'm talking about? Oh yeah. 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 Where it definitely feels like it's, we're, we're wrapping things up here. I was like, wow, this is like, a, and I, I will say even, even with this fifth act and like the second mm-hmm. ending kind of, it still goes by pretty quickly. And like, I appreciated that we got a superhero or anti-hero movie that was only two hours instead of like two hours and 40 minutes. I felt like I was there like nine hours. <laughs> it like went on forever. I mean, the, 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 the two other things that I'm kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time before needing to, to hop to our next segment, but we're just kind of like things I'm sort of, I think my lack of engagement in this movie just sort of led me to kind of like mull over kind of some some larger questions about this movie and our 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 superhero moment we're in that I I won't I won't blame on the movie but are just sort of things to think about. I'll I'll be really curious considering the like Black Adams relationship to this like fictional Middle Eastern country and there there is sort of this like weird dynamic of like He's a liberator, but he's also bad. But he's good. The people like him, but he's also should be contained or something. And maybe that's sort of like a thorny political thing that, like, I don't think the movie's really interested in in unpacking. But like, I'm fascinated to see. Hopefully, someone who is like a more elegant writer than I am will will be able to unpack that in a review. Or me just even thinking about you know, as we kind of said with the rock in this movie and this character being kind of just this unstoppable force. And as, as you were saying, it's just sort of like two hours of, well, no one can really stop him and he'll just sort of like destroy henchmen and blow them up and rip them to shreds and just had me thinking like, so is, is this a good example of sort of like a, a, a type of superhero story in which we, we just sort of, it's just a power fantasy. Like we just want to see, like, I, I just want to see someone just like obliterate and destroy something, especially because like this can get be like a pretty violent movie in places. I it think, was, it was going to be R and they had to cut like 10 scenes from it that were yeah. too, that were too violent. And, and so, you know, it just sort of fed into like this idea of knowing that there is, there's an audience for the, for you know this this comic book or superhero content that is just like i just want you know it's the same people that's like i want to see like an r-rated batman movie where batman like punches a dude's face in be like why why do you want to see that because that'd be raw and that'd be cool you, you know and it, am i kind of making sense of like those are just two things i think the power fantasy aspect in particular there's like a great video essay on youtube by um patrick h willems that kind of broadens this into a larger conversation about like what what is the point of like an R-rated like superhero movie in particular like very like iconic characters and kind of it boiling down to like is it just this sadistic power fantasy and I don't know we maybe don't have time to like fully unpack all of those things but just I wanted to bring them up as just 
things that as I was like disengaging with this movie, I, I was just sort of thinking even even more abstract about like what what is this movie saying about like what we want from from this kind of content i'll just raise my hand over here and be like <laughs> hey i'm part of the problem like i totally i totally don't mind like two hours of this stuff without with with not without thinking about any of the repercussions or any uh -huh. of like the kind of deeper implications i, I know of i sound so means. pearl clutch no no you don't know because it, i mean it, the the amount of superhero ip that we have in our society is i think at the very least a discussion to top talk mm -hmm. about as like is this problematic i would be inclined to say yes but you could at least like have like as i was watching but, i was like is black adam fascist and it was like i don't know that like i can wire my brain into this take well, the, but the, the movie the movie has <laughs> very little interest in exploring that and that's i again something that like i appreciated because mm -hmm. if it had explored any of its kind of maybe like you said like thornier topics in more detail it probably mm -hmm. would have been a total disaster so it's like just it would stay, have been a Zack snyder movie right, that i also right. would have hated like stay <laughs> stay away from stay away from like obvious weaknesses go for your strengths and get out of here like just get in get out and be done with it and i will say just before we move on um the po the the stinger oh yes please describe this because i did not know this was there and i left the theater the loudest and like most sustained excitement from a, 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 an audience that I've ever been a part of. It's it's. I guess we should put a spoiler alert right here. Do you want me to actually like? Say I'll, I'll 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 say. Well, I don't have to. Like, I know what it is, so I guess I don't need to ask you what it is. So we'll we'll just leave it there. We'll just leave it there. Yeah. Let's transition to something a little a little lighter. Uh, also, this weekend is. Ticket to Paradise, which in a kind of similar, but kind of like very, very different. Um, Black Adam shows up. <laughs> yes, it is Black Adam 2. Black Adam goes on vacation to uh, the Philippines. Um, no, I mean, it, it is similar in our Black Adam conversation because, um, you know, I'm, I assume not everyone knows the character of Black Adam. So I'm sure there is a large portion of the audience for this movie that is going because it is The Rock. So in a similar of like another movie that is out this weekend that is movie stars and movie stars at the center is Ticket to Paradise, this new comedy starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts, arguably two of the biggest movie stars of like you and I's youth growing up. I mean, I don't know about you when, when I was like a kid and then like a teenager, like, I mean you you think of like who are the biggest movie stars in the world i mean certainly julia roberts i think george george clooney definitely someone who maybe when you look at his wider body of work you're like oh there's maybe not as many like big hits as i as i would think um although there are a lot of like really cool cone brothers movies but certainly someone who has like an outsized celebrity presence and both people who are very rarely in movies these days um julia roberts it seems is kind of transition the tv mostly and george clooney mostly directs these days so you and i saw this movie last night it, it kind of is i i was going in and sort of the exciting opportunity to to see something that i'm always clamoring for more on this podcast which is just movie stars like like just movies built on the back of 
charismatic, lovable stars and 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 just letting that magic work on screen. And obviously George Clooney and Julia Roberts, they have this like built-in rapport, this built-in chemistry from having worked together on the Oceans movies and is there enough? I feel like there's there's at least one other. Money Monster. Oh, I've never. I, you know, I've never seen that. It's uh, it's okay. That's the one Jodie Foster directed, right? I believe so. It's it's he's playing like a um TV host, like it, a, a CNBC type, right? Host. Like what's the guy who hosts Mad Money? Like yeah. a uh, Kramer Kramer person. Um, this movie they're playing a divorced couple who learn that their daughter, played by Caitlin Deaver while away on vacation in Bali has fallen in love with this young man who owns uh, or helps run a seaweed farm. And she is going to be getting married to him after only knowing him for a couple months. And Clooney and Robert's characters uh, wanting to avert their daughter from the, the, the mistake they made in getting married in the first place and rushing into a relationship fly out to Bali and attempt to sabotage this wedding. They're going to Trojan horse it. Yes. Um, on paper, I have to say like wonderful concept. Like was so excited. This sounds hilarious. Can't wait to see these two people on screen together. As Hunter Heilman kind of said, like last week when we were wrapping up our episode on, on Halloween and I mentioned we were talking about this this week, he was just like, even if it's bad, it's going to be at least like watchable. And you and I went and saw an early showing of it, and I'm reaping what I sowed. I think it's bad. Wow. This movie doesn't work, and and it it crushes me to say. It crushes me to say, because this this is so much of, like, what I'm constantly saying on this show. Like, I I want more of this kind of movie, like, without the, the sort of just weight of importance from like what does this mean for the franchise or the weight of importance of like what does this mean for oscars just like a solidly entertaining movie with charismatic movie stars and i have to say i the face you're making and and well because we didn't talk about it really we didn't talk about it afterwards we we briefly we just sort of briefly like gave our thoughts like one sentence thoughts and then we like parted ways while you went to go get dinner and I went to go home and go to bed. But um yeah, I don't I don't this really to me just feels like a movie that I can tell watching it, everyone involved had a blast making it, and none of that fun sort of like transitions into like the audience. But I I let's let's hash it out. You you liked it, I think. You had a good time with this. Yeah, I don't think it's as funny as maybe anticipated or as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think I just enjoyed the for the same reasons that you describe like this movie being appealing or like why you wanted to like this. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of just sunk in with me and kind of sat with me a little bit more of just like we're getting to see Julia Roberts and George Clooney and 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 a whole bunch of beautiful it, people in a beautiful location. Yeah. And I'm just having a good time enjoying them having a good time. I, I thought about it on the ride home. This is a real, your mileage may vary movie. And I don't, I think usually when we use that phrase, it's like there, there's, there's something in the concept or in the performance of like, it's, it's just going to grate some people at, at a certain point, like a Jared performance, right? Eddie Redmayne. Right. right. But this is, I think a, your mileage may vary in terms of like, 
I think your enjoyment of it is going to really come out of like how how much pleasure are you going to get out of just seeing Julia? It's Julia Roberts and George Clooney on screen together, and as I said, two people who I think have incredible chemistry together, but I think are a bit underserved by not i i was enjoying myself through the first maybe like five minutes of this and <laughs> and just and no from like what you're saying of just like the pleasure of seeing them back together on screen and and the pleasure in seeing that kind of like effortless um chemistry between two people and just that being the fuel for a movie but then at, i by the end i just sort of feel like i feel like they're kind of underserved by the material just not being that good. The jokes not being that good. A lot of it just kind of being like, <laughs> I just kind of felt watching it like, okay, George Clooney and Julia Roberts are just playing two like asshole parents that are just being really mean to this like. They're, they're very American. They're yeah. they're they are acting very just, very uh, yeah a pretentious, like pretentious. At Americans. a certain point, being like, this isn't funny. They're just kind of being straight up like rude and mean to the, like all the this poor boy's well, whole family. It's, it's a very relatable situation in term not not in terms of his family, but in terms of like the, the, this the isn't obvious me saying like a cancel culture like no, 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 like no, this but, offended me that no, they were no. that rude, but it's just like there is no the humor of it was not coming through to the point of, I was just like, I don't know. I'm kind of just watching two people who are just sort of assholes. And then like, also like, I feel like I'm, I felt like there's the scene in the movie where there's like one woman who's stuck in between them on the airplane. Is there like, bickering and working through their like marital issues still and i was just like that's how i feel in the middle of this movie of like none of this is funny and <laughs> i just feel like i'm listening to like two people like bicker on an airplane essentially well the the part that is relatable is less like them being mean to the family mm -hmm. of of their future son-in-law but more the kind of them just like being bitter about the whole situation in general like yes the, and and i thought so i was talking to uh a former co-worker who, who screened the movie and and thought that the movie didn't work because of the younger relationship the caitlin mm. deaver and yeah. her her fiance's relationship and i thought the movie more worked because of the relationship between george clooney julia roberts and george clooney and julia roberts with caitlin deaver yes i thought that actually was that clicked a little bit more for me than yes. the relationship with caitlin the, deaver and i almost boyfriend. wanted less of the caitlin deaver relationship with, that was with her and and the boy of just sort of like i i only need this as this is such a like nitpick thing but like i i need i want a little bit more hijinks and a little less of like what is at stake for them as as a couple, if that makes sense? Yeah, I was definitely surprised at how much that relationship was factored into the movie versus mm -hmm. like kind of on the same level as Julia Roberts and George Clooney. They're right. they're definitely like the leads of the movie, but they definitely share a lot of screen time in a, in a surprising way. Um, I this this part is in the trailer where they're you know they're getting drunk and they're playing like beer pong. The, the one purely enjoyable moment in the movie is just seeing like Julia Roberts and George Clooney playing beer pong. Yes, and at, at least pretending to get smashed on. on. I, I I was very charmed by the way it was like edited and how goofy it was, and it like it even, wasn't even if the music cues are bad, just. Just the oh, sight. The music cues are so good, though. The that's what that's what makes it. Of George Clooney doing, I don't know, like the cabbage patch or whatever, <laughs> like square dance he's doing. Like that was 
almost enough for me to be like i i at least like had fun in that like five minute stretch of the movie well and the way that like we don't see it kind of div- like it's not like a long sequence where we see them drinking and drink it's just like you get mm-hmm. to see them do kind of ridiculous goofy things and then it cuts to the next ridiculous goofy thing right and it just it felt very surreal almost like we were watching george clooney and julia roberts be total like idiots and just be ridiculous on camera and that was well, very entertaining. no one can play an idiot like george clooney that's that is i mean i say that sincerely like one of the like hall of fame people are just playing like absolute morons on screen so i guess to to bring black adam back into this conversation i felt the same way about this movie as i did with black adam where it's like i'm not saying it's like a great movie mm-hmm. but i give it like a solid like thumbs up of like you'll have a good time like i found this to be serviceable like mm-hmm. i sometimes i and it is enough for me to just like enjoy kind of uh, enjoy a movie and enjoy big stars having a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me. And maybe that's a really low or like sad bar, but I feel like because I like the people involved in this movie so much, even like Lucas yeah. Bravo, who, who is in, you know, people know from Emily in Paris, like his or B- Billy, Billy Lord, who kind of plays yeah. the like train wreck best friend of the, <laughs> the, the Caitlin Deaver character. Yeah. It's like Lucas Bravo and Julia Roberts have no chemistry, but it's like, I don't even know if that really matters. It's like, I don't, just, I don't think that matters. Yeah, in that it's, case. it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, ch- I cherish the fact that we, we got this movie, I guess. It, like the movie didn't, didn't do enough to ruin kind of how you were describing like, the whole setup of like how much we wanted this to be mm-hmm. and that it didn't do enough to alienate me from that yes. was it was not it's it is not going to win any awards it's not going to contend no, for no, any no, awards no, 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 no. i just thought like and certainly this movie will will skew like to a much older audience um and i think yeah well, i think your comment I won't, I, I won't take it from you, but I mean, your comment after the movie, I, I mean, thought was my kind of perfect. aunt and uncle just like, I mean, I was talking, I have no idea if they listened to the show at all, but like <laughs> I was talking with them on the phone like a couple weeks ago and they were like, have you seen there? This is like their star Wars that like they have this circled on the calendar. Like they cannot wait for like the George Clooney, Julia Roberts movie. And I, I was texting my mom and I said, you should like the movie that I saw the other night, taken paradise. You would, I think you would really like it. And she was like, Oh yeah, my friend mentioned that we should definitely see that. Like, it looks really good. So yeah, like this is, I think this is again another crowd pleaser. That's like that mm-hmm. has mixed reviews. This this one a little bit more positive and like yeah, I haven't really looked at. I know it's already out in the UK, but um, I haven't like personally pulled up any reviews, so I have no idea what. This is not reinventing the wheel by any no, means. Like and, it is, it is just. But I, I, I see, I see of, what you're saying. Yeah, and something I thought of like just now is I think. I think this, I maybe wouldn't be as disappointed if it was just like, we got like 10 of these a year. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think it's the sort of thing of just like, oh gosh, like we never get something like this anymore. And then being excited of like, like I said, I was not going into this expecting some like great cinematic work of art or something like it. It's directed by the same guy who made like Mamma Mia 2. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I, I was more going in of like, Oh gosh, we never get we never get something like this. Just like a screwball comedy with the two huge movie stars that like I I just hope this is like a party and just did not and 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 did did not get the party energy. I was not feeling the party energy in in the theater. And maybe if I sound like 
extra depressed and disappointed on Mike. It's sort of like, ah, oh, this is the one of these we got a year, and it's kind of bad. And 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 if maybe we there was like nine or ten other of these that came out like throughout the year and was just like something you'd go see on like a Tuesday when you were like, I have nothing to do tonight. Oh, this is playing. I love this person. Then like this wouldn't seem as uh. I don't want to use the term soul crushing because that's <laughs> it's not soul crushing, but but as as kind of uh yeah, you know what? I will use it as as soul crushing in a, in a way. I don't know. Does that kind of make sense? I'm yeah. Like, the, it, this wouldn't seem as big of a deal if we just got more mainstream. If this was one of like twenty mainstream comedies that with movie stars that came out this year, but it is sort of like one. <laughs> not not every movie can be the lost city um or what, whatever the the sandra oh, bullock i still movie. haven't seen that yeah, yeah. Uh, um that is true so the, one the, of two <laughs> the the biggest rom-com of the year likely um no this was this was i i should i should come back around to i mentioned this was not as much of a romp or not as funny as i expected it to be mm-hmm. that said I thought it. I thought, I thought it brought some good feels. I thought it was really sweet that like the one thing that they could agree on was how much they loved and like thought their daughter was perfect, and that that was very nice. And like that was the one area where, even though they're trying to torpedo her her marriage, mm-hmm. I think again come coming from like an understanding place of like they, she just met this guy and she's gonna make the same mistake that we did. And look how awful our marriage turned out to be. So like, mm-hmm. understandable, relatable, and as a as a. As a product of divorce, I, I relatable, sadly. Um, but I thought, like, there were some some very sweet and tender moments, and I thought the the kind of the dynamic between Julia Roberts and George Clooney, of course, worked, even though they may have been terrible people part of the time. And their relationship and dynamic with Caitlin Deaver, I thought that worked, and I thought that was enough, kind of, to play off the goodwill of just like the concept of the movie mm-hmm. to still keep me going through it, like. I don't think I kind of really laughed out loud as much as I would have liked or like there was no kind of big like applause like, oh, yay, yay, everything's (laughs) working out. But it still just kind of it made me feel good enough by the end that like I again, I just kind of like had a good time, just like very low stakes, not much to think about Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like good enough. And I think. Yeah, this will this will definitely go over well with the with the boomer generation, if I if I may. Well, Daniel, thank you for stopping by this week to to discuss both of these movies. Uh, next week on the show, uh, we're going to kind of do a, a recap of a lot of the the smaller movies that have been kind of trickling out over the last few weeks. So we'll be talking decision to leave, uh, maybe revisiting Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, triangle of sadness i'm going to try and go out and see uh maybe we'll get a chance to talk about uh stars at noon the new claire denis movie that is now available on vod there's a lot of cool stuff from a lot of cool different filmmakers that is kind of out and available to watch so we're going to do kind of like a a round table discussion or we're going to do sort of like a rapid fire discussion talking about all of these different movies uh so stay tuned for that next week